Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey always reigns supreme. Whether you were raised at the barn in Uniondale or born in the stable at Belmont, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, let's drop the puck and get this party started. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Wednesday, December 7, 2022, coming at you live from Floored Media in Rockville Center. Another big show coming up for you tonight. Sorry we couldn't do Sunday, so here we are on a rare Wednesday night. As you can see, Chris Arnold's not here. Chris Bott is not here, but Stefan Rosner in the house from NY Hockey Now. How you doing, bud? Doing good. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. I heard you had a little playoff game earlier. How'd you do, pal? Big win. Big win. Big win. Going to next round. Unfortunately, I won't be here because I'll be away because uh, the Islanders are in Vegas, but good win. All good right. Win. Big yep. win between the pipes. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Excellent. So, want to start by reminding you that we are proud to be presented by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip, and of course, UBS Arena at Belmont. Also, a big thanks to Lost Farmer Brewing Company, located at 63A 2nd Street in Mineola, now pouring the snow cone, a fresh winter ale with Long Island honey. How's that sound, pal? Sounds sweet to me. Sounds pretty good. Got to get over there. Yeah. And a huge thanks to our brand new sponsor, Main Street Board Game Cafe, located at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village on Long Island's North Shore. Games for sale and for open play. Food and drink, beer and wine, fun and friends. Bring the magic of phones down, eyes up, tabletop board games to your family. Our staff will help you find the right game for you. From old favorites to the hottest new releases, we have everything from strategic to easy party games. Get off your screens and unplug your game for a night your family will remember. Looking for meetups to join? Our Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, or Game Night Live communities are welcoming for all we also do parties and corporate events. We're located at 307 Main Street once again in Huntington Village. And you can go to MainSTBoardGameCafe.com for more information. Main Street Board Game Cafe. Find your crowd. Unplug your game. So with the wonderful sponsors out of the way, Stefan, I almost called you Christian, buddy. Stefan. That's, that's offensive. <laughs> that is offensive. Yeah, I figured I'd throw that out there. We, we obviously missed this past weekend on the show, but the Isles dropped three of the last four since winning four straight since the last time we had the mics on here. Lone bright spot, a, a 3 nothing shutout over the Hawks. Varlama was in net for that. Uh, only managed the goal in each, each of the losses to Philly and Nashville. And then a too little, too late game last night against the St. Louis Blues. What did you see? What's going on with this team right now? They they get off of that four game winning streak. Now they only have one win in four. The biggest thing is they're just they're not getting the goals. And I think what you saw in a couple of those games, they're failing to crash net early. And what that does is, especially against Lankin and against Nashville, if you don't crash net early, that allows the goalie to get into a rhythm. And once he gets to a rhythm, I mean, they took away his eyes in the third, but he was locked in at that point. And it's a little too late. And I, you know, I talked to Parise about it. Talked to Martin, mm-hmm. guys that crashed the net. Right. And it's not about will. You know, I, I asked them sure. that. And they said it's not about will, but, you know, Martin made a great point. He goes, you know, there are times when Parise might go to the corner. Someone else has to fill his role. And they don't. So let's say Parise in the corner. No one's now at the net because that's Parise's job. And I sure. asked Lane about that. And he goes, no, someone has to cover. They did a better job of that in, in the win over Chicago. And I think they just have to right. do that earlier in games. Again, as a goalie, we all want to face shots early. And if we could see it, we could save it. And the NHL, the goalies are they're too good. So if you let them see it, they're more likely going to make the save. So take away their eyes early, get into the rhythm, and not you might not score on the shot, but rebounds, get the goalie tired, get the defense moving around. All comes sure. down to taking the eyes away from the goalie. 
Right, and, and did Lambert agree with that? Did he have the same thing to say when he was talking about those games in the postgame? Yeah, and definitely the Nashville game. He said that, you know, if we crash the net, we probably win. I mean, they got over, what, they had 49 shots on goal, I think? Season yeah, high. and it's funny because, you know, you look at some of these losses they've had earlier in the season, and I see some fans on Twitter and the like saying things like, ah, they got to get more shots in the net. So they have a couple of games here where they're, they're out shooting <laughs> the other team tremendously. They're putting up 40, 50 shots, and it's not making a difference. And, and it goes back to something that I think Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz used to say is quality over quantity. You can take as many shots as you want from – you know the the uh, you know the the exterior, but if you're not getting it from the right place, it's not going to make a difference. And again, it all comes down to bodies in front. Yeah. Again, quantity, um, quality over quantity. And if you're going to take a shot hard and low, usually just got to get the goalie moving. I was talking to Aho because I, I wanted a perspective as a goalie. Obviously, I see it differently. I don't know what position you play. What position do you play in hockey? D. Oh, so there you go. So mm-hmm. I, I said, Aho, just take me through what, when you get the puck at the blue line. What are you looking for? He goes, if there's a prime shooting lane with bodies in front, I'm shooting to score. But if I see a guy open with his stick, I'm mm-hmm. trying to shoot low for the stick. That way a deflection won't go over his pad. You just want him to catch it. So right above the pad, right. that's what he's looking for. But he says that if there's no bodies in front, what they'll do, they'll hesitate, hesitate, mm-hmm. and maybe they'll see someone crashing. Then they'll fire it. But again, if there's no bodies in front, it's, it's kind of a, not a pointless shot. We know every shot's important. But again, the higher chance of the goalie saving it when there's no one in front there. Right, right. So obviously a huge emphasis on getting getting bodies yeah. to the net, which, look, I mean, over the course of an 82-game season, you're not going to play it perfect every time. I say this, you know, ad nauseum on the show all the time. But, I mean, you know, is this a cause for concern now? Because it, it has been kind of an interesting roller coaster season in the sense that, you know, they, when they lose, they lose a couple, right? When yeah. they win, they win in bunches. And now it's kind of doing that now. You know, it's going up and down. So they're, they're in a low point here. And they have some tougher competition coming up. We're obviously going to talk about them later in the show. But, I mean, their record's decent. They're still in a playoff spot. What's what's You look at you look at where this team is at now in the standings, how they've been playing. I mean, how, how concerned would you be looking at the way they are right now? I would be concerned of where the goals are coming from. Mm. You have 20 goals from defensemen, which is NHL, the leads the NHL right now. You have Brock Nelson doing what he does. You have Zach Preezy as the top-scoring winger as of late. Mm-hmm. A lot of wingers are not doing much. You know, you have Bailey who's struggled, Bavillier yeah. who's struggled. Andersley, I don't think, has scored in 14 games, 15, maybe it's up to 16 at this point. Jeez, I didn't he's not that scoring. You know, Walsham, as good as we'll get to in a second, at how good defensively he's been, mm-hmm. he's not scoring. So you have a lot of wingers not getting coming through. And, you know, Lee struggling is impacted on Bavillier struggling as the line. And you need, you know, the Islanders, when they're winning consistently, when they go on those win streaks, mm-hmm. they're running four lines. And four lines that could, you know, produce offense. Right. The fourth line, is not often, but last game, I mean, Matt Martin shoots the puck, cuts in fashion, deflects it in. It's a goal. You're getting production from the fourth line. They're relying too much on defense scoring, in my opinion. Again, we want them taking the you're shots. You're never going to complain about how many goals you get from correct. defense if it's a high number. Exactly. But, but they're pretty much, yeah. you know, we look at, I think, 3.18 goals per game for the Islanders right now, which is, again, vast improvement last year, 2.79. Right. But you want those defense scoring while the wingers are also, you, you know, you can't rely on them every night to come through. And, and a lot of these guys that are struggling – I mean, it's it's zero. You're getting nothing from them on a nightly basis. So right. that would be my concern because we know the Islanders have to add a score, but one score is not going to change five guys from not scoring. How much do they miss Kyle Palmieri now out seven games? Well, I think I think they miss him a lot because you look at the shooters on the team. He's a long range shooter. You know, you have a lot of guys like Andersley's. You know, score in tight. Right. Zach Prise <laughs> yes, probably tight. from the faceoff dot in tight. But sure. Kyle Palmieri is a legitimate guy that could long range snipe shots. Mm-hmm. They don't have him right now, so all their goals from those guys are pretty much coming in in tight or on the power play. Like we saw with with Barzell, where you're just above the the faceoff dot. So I think they miss him a lot. And also, he's a great defensive forward as well. 
right. which helps a lot. Now, again, we talked about Wallstrom's defense, and I think when Palmieri comes back, and we could talk about this in a little bit, right. he's got to go on that top line with, with Barzal and Wallstrom. I think that's the best fit for him now. Wallstrom's played remarkable with, with Parise and Pajol. I wouldn't separate that. I wouldn't touch that. And then Lambert's going to have to have, make decisions, but who knows how long Palmieri will be out. Yeah, I mean, we might as well just get into the injuries now. Yeah. It's funny because he goes down, it starts his day-to-day, yeah. and now it's been a couple of weeks now, or at least it feels like it, right? Seven games. So, I mean, what's I mean, is there any sort of indication that he might come back soon? The fact that he's skating on his own is a good sign. I mean, mm. I've had concussions. Most people, a lot of hockey players have had concussions. The biggest thing... A lot of undiagnosed yes, ones. Yes, <laughs> a lot of undiagnosed. But the biggest thing, everyone's different. So yeah, the yeah, fact yeah. that we weren't hearing that he was skating, to me, screams that he was still having symptoms. Now, we don't know if it's concussion. Mm-hmm. We know that he took that hit from Morgan Riley. We know that it was a big hit because Riley's out for a while, which right. means you know that he got it. And you watch the replay. I don't really know how Palmieri came back in that game. Mm-hmm. Again, he may have been asymptomatic right away, and it takes a couple hours. Right, and the adrenaline, yeah. Um, so he's skating, which means, to me, that the side effects, if it is a concussion, aren't there because he wouldn't be on the ice if, the, if right, he was still getting right, headaches and right. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I think he still might be a couple a couple of weeks away, in my opinion, but I'm not a doctor. Sure, sure, sure. But you did stay at a Holiday Inn Express. I did stay at a Holiday Inn, yes. So, all right, well, let's move on to the most recent concern, and that's yeah. Adam Pellick. Uh, what's the situation with him? Does it look like it could be long-term, or, or hopefully it might be a shorter thing? Again, not a doctor, right. but... And the, the way, Islanders give you nothing. Uh, right. Yes, so right. there was no update after the game. Right. Um, you watch the replay. There's two concerns on the play. One, his head hits the wall. Uh, the board's pretty hard. He comes up. He is. He has no idea where he is. That's yeah. that's what I got from watching. Very confused. He was walking, skating off the ice, and lost his balance. He had to be helped off. Um, and then you also watch the replay, which I don't think is as big a deal. But his his knee bends back. Everything went wrong on that hit. He was in a vulnerable yeah, spot. Yeah, I was more concerned about the leg than anything else. So, but yeah. but you watch the replay. And again, head injuries are pretty big. He's you know mm-hmm. their best defensive defenseman on the roster. It's concerning if he's out long term. You're gonna have to rely on Salah and Aho both in the lineup on a nightly basis, which again, you know, could work out. But this is a huge opportunity for Salah if Pellick's out long term because he's the real only option for Lambert right now. And if that's the case, who's the call up to be the seventh defenseman? Right now, I would. I mean, Samuel Boldick's having a great year. I think he's shy of one point for a point per game player right now. But again, he missed a lot of time last year. You don't mm-hmm. want to rush him. I'm pretty sure he's 20 or 21, former uh, second round pick in 2019. But you don't want to have to do that because right. Lamarillo said at the beginning of the year, and again, injuries change that. He said, "I'd rather wait too long to call someone up than call him up, you know, too hmm. quick." Okay. And that's why we saw Bardreau and Fashion get the call ups over guys like. I mean, DeFore is never going to get called up, but other guys in the <laughs> like Ishikov or Aratu or those guys, because Lou made it clear and he, he stuck by his words, whether that's the reason or not. He went with the more veteran type players. Right, which which you typically see with yeah. uh, a Lou Lamarillo team. And the other fellow that's been on the men, Cal Clutterbuck, what's the latest on him? So I asked, so he skated last practice. He didn't take part. It was morning skate. He didn't take part in line rushes. I know he'd been skating on his own for a couple of days. I asked Lane prior to last game, I said, is he a game time decision? And he said no. But he is skating. He didn't seem to take anything off like his play. Mm-hmm. So I think he's close. Maybe I don't. Again, if they have a back-to-back coming up, I'm not sure if he'll play in both or any of them. But I would think next week is a good sign for him to come back. Okay. Well, let's talk about the guy who came in to essentially replace him, and that's Hudson Fashing. Got himself his first NHL goal. Not first NHL goal. That's what but I thought. First with the Islanders. Okay. Yeah, I believe okay. it is his sec- second NHL yeah, okay. goal. Um, okay. He what has, do you got? He has looked. He looks like he fits in. And, you know, Cole Bardreau came up, got the first chance in Clutterbuck's mm-hmm. absence. Right. Took that tough penalty. Um, right. You know, they allow the goal. He wasn't great. He only played, I think, six or seven minutes. 
he gets sent down immediately. But, you know, clearly Lambert wanted to get a look at fashion. Older guy, veteran guy. Again, hasn't had a ton of NHL experience, but enough. He comes in, he keeps it simple. I spoke to Bardo when he was up. And I, I know I asked him, you know, take me through a couple of the guys you play with and, you know, fashion's game. And he said to me, he goes, he's the best puck protector he's ever seen. Now, to me, okay, player hyping up another player. Sure. And then you watch. Mm. I don't think he lost. I mean, I'm not even trying to like exact. I don't think he lost a board battle. Yeah. And he's producing chances for his teammates. He's getting pucks out. He's making the smart plays. I mean, he's a perfect fit there to the point where with all these wingers struggling, I think he might get a spot. You know, someone might come out. Maybe it's a Bo because Bo struggled mightily last game. Yeah. Do you move fashion up in the order? Because he seems like he could fit in. You don't want to rush it. It's only been two games. You don't know how he could. Now, look. Yeah. I'll, I'll be I'll be way up front. I don't know this guy from a hole in the wall. Yeah. I don't know much about him before he came to the organization. So, I mean, is he even the type of player that could even step in? Now, now granted, you can have guys kind of fill that grinder role yeah. in a top six line. I get that. But is he even a guy you even consider putting up there? I mean, now you're talking maybe replacing Bo with him if he needs well, a night off or something if like you, that. If you take Bo out, you might move someone else. Holmstrom might go to the second line. And you'll play Fashing yeah. in the third. That's yeah. what I was thinking. So... Again, we don't know enough about him, and this is why Lambert's giving him looks. But through through two games, I don't think you could take this guy out. And again, you're seeing Ross Johnson move. You know, he let he survived all the cuts. Like he right. he's the last man right. standing. And that goes to say what you know what Lambert sees in the value that Johnson with Clutterbuck out. You would oh, assume he would be the fourth line guy, and he's not. I mean, he is a locker room darling. Obviously, they love I him. I mean, in the, the contracts room. that they've given this guy over the course of time. The the minimal amount of games that he's gotten into. There's obviously something going on off the ice that they appreciate with this guy. Kind of like in the in the same vein of Leo Komarov, even yeah. though he stepped on the ice a lot more. But he's probably one of those glue guys, you know? You, you just look at it, and I think, I think with uh, Johnston, it's you didn't know what you're going to get out of Martin. You know, last year especially, he was coming off the ankle. You signed, him, you signed Johnson to the extension, $4.4 million over four years, 1.1. Right, right. Cap it, because I think they thought, you know, Martin's coming off an injury uh, over 30, the game he plays, he might not be able to play every day Sure, anymore. yeah, makes sense. And you needed that safety net. Right. But Martin's shown that he's he's fine. I mean, again, he's he's older, and I don't know if he could play a full 82, but he's really he's really shown that he could, and I think that's you're looking at Johnson not playing as much because they maybe expected Martin to miss more time or not be able to give them what they've given them right now. And that's why, again, you know, Johnson's a fighter. He's in that Philly game. He gets into the fight in the first period. Right. Lambert appreciates what he brings. But I was actually, yeah. so I know we're kind of going back into ancient history now because it was such a while ago, but I was a little surprised that the refs were so open to letting that stuff go in the beginning of the game. I thought they were going to try to control that stuff. So it's, it's funny. During warm-ups, um, two players went over to Martin to talk. Zach McEwen mm-hmm. and um, Gloria. <laughs> we're we're going to do this, right? Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if they were talking about the blue line sandwich they're going to order yeah, or anything right, like yeah. that. Probably but, not. Uh, probably, probably not. not. Yeah. And uh, clearly it was, you know, we're going to fight. Right. It has to happen. Right. They get it done. It happens. Right. And that was it. And I, I kind of think the Islanders got baited a bit. You know, the Islanders are going into that game, just got to beat a bad team. Mm. And the Flyers... Not that they got to the game because the Islanders scored right after on that 5-3, right, but yeah. mm. the Islanders ended up playing their game for a lot of that game, and I think that starts with the fights because the Islanders didn't have to worry about that, answering the bell, whatever. Mm. Go out there and beat a bad team, and they do the fights early. That gives the Flyers momentum, even if they didn't win the fights, and you saw how that game went. Yeah, yeah, it didn't go well, and look, you're going to lose those games every now yeah. and then. You know, you're going to drop a game to Arizona every now and then, to Philly every now and then. It's going to happen, but uh, hey, Jay, how we doing over there, pal? Jay taking over for Ed behind the glass here. I think Ed's over at uh, Taken Back Sunday in Mulcahy's tonight. Slacker. Big slacker. How we doing, pal? 
Uh, good morning. You just woke me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for being here, man. Thanks for being here. No guy. No How problem. are we doing in the chat, buddy? Uh, chat is... Well, active, it's, li- it's, it's lively. Okay, that's yeah, good. A little there. after dark show, 10 p.m., yeah, a little yeah. late on a school night. Yeah, I got Kids that. Kids are asleep. Yeah, it's yeah. Time. yeah. All right, very cool. So why don't we take a break here? I want to thank everybody for tuning in to twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY and, of course, your favorite podcast providers. Going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, Islander fans. You already know Blue Line Deli and Bagels is the best place to get your game day meal. And now you can get it at the game. Blue Line Deli and Bagels is proud to be featured in the brand new UBS Arena for all Islander games and live events as an official partner of the New York Islanders. Blue Line is also moving beyond Belmont, opening its doors at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. So whether it's at the Islanders' new home, East Islip, or at the flagship deli at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, all three locations are eager to greet you with their familiar friendly service and the best food around. So stop on in for delicious Bagel Boss bagels, hearty breakfast favorites, tasty hockey-themed heroes, freshly made smoothies, and so much more. And remember, you can always check out the menu and order online at bluelinedeli.com. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Our goal is to make you a hero. Thanks for giving some time to our sponsors. Ready to talk more aisles? The train rolls on right here on Hockey Night in New York. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. You are watching Hockey Night in New York. With myself, Sean Cuthbert, and the great Stefan Rosner of NYI Hockey Now, fresh off a huge playoff victory. Yes, sir. Yes, <laughs> Playing sir. goal. All right, so before we move on, I want to talk about Alfred Walsham, but before we do that, I just wanted to quickly talk about you know the fact that this team, even to this point in the season, we're over the quarter mark here, and you know it was cute, it was fun in the beginning, where you know they they wait to get it going until the second third period, they come back, they win, it's dramatic, it's fun, they get the two points, all that. But now we're seeing the downside of that, right? Where a perfect example is last night. There's also a game not too long ago where a team runs up on the up the score on them, they try to come back at the end. And I think that was against Dallas, maybe. I know I know in the first Nashville yeah, game it happened. Dallas. I think it might have happened against Dallas, too. And then you have last night against Stanley. Obviously, they don't want to play the Central Division in the Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> no. But they, you see this happen again last night where it looked like they were going to probably lose the game 3-1, to 4-1, to one, whatever it was. And then third period aisles show up. And then they start to battle back, but they give up, you know, that one too many goals. And, I mean, obviously we're starting to see now, right, that this whole, you know, no, not full 60 minutes, slow out of the gate, it's, it's starting to catch up with them, right? 100%. And this is not something that they could, you know, sustain for a whole 82-game season. I mean, we barely know if this team can last a full 82 just playing, <laughs> right. playing the way they want to play. Because, sure. again, the defensive-minded you know, system under trots. Now you have Lambert more aggressive. Mm. I don't know what's tire- more tiring because – being more aggressive might be just as tiring, so we'll see how this season goes and plays. But yeah, right. especially with again those those like I mentioned, all those guys that are struggling to score, mm-hmm. you're putting significantly more pressure on the back end and those other guys like a Brock Nelson who maybe he just has to come through or or Matt Barzal and the goalies. I mean, you saw last night was a perfect example. Sorokin wasn't Sorokin. Not saying he was bad because there's been very few games, but that was probably Sorokin's worst showing of the year. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, which again, you know. The game's not on he's him. Allowed, he's allowed to do that yeah. every now and then. The game's not on him, but right. you know when you're allowing chances and those many chances against early, it is a lot of, of pressure, and it does add up. We saw, I mean, look, this year with the Rangers is a perfect example. Is Sturkin was lights out last year, and now there's so many more chances against, and the defense right. isn't good, and he's not the same as he was last year. And see what the Rangers are doing in the standings. So. 
It's, it's yeah. an issue. Yeah, no, and and look, that's probably the first game that Ilya Sorokin was asking his team to bail him out. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and they couldn't do it. And and you know, hopefully, there's not too many more games like that because you know we might come to learn that this team isn't capable to bail out a goal, a, a more human goalie. You know, because yeah. he's been above human pretty much the whole and season. You could say the same thing for Varlamov too. Right? He's, he hasn't played like a mediocre goalie. He's no. come up huge in first period, second period. I mean, the shutout. It was a twenty-one save shutout, but I mean. He was under siege the whole game. Yeah, and I guess if you want to bright side this, I mean, I guess it has you thinking what this team could be or what they could be like if they actually put together a 60-minute game. Yeah. Because, you know, they're maybe only playing one to two periods per game. I mean, maybe if you go down the schedule, I was going to ask you this. Like, can you recall off the top of your head, just, you know, going from the beginning of the season to now, what was their most complete game that they played this year? If there is one. I, I don't think there has been. Hmm. Again, it's just because of the slow starts. There's been no games where they've come out and, you know, given their goalie a breather for a period. It's, you know, in the games that they've won and played well, yeah, they've pretty much been able to get the lead and, and do that. And Parise spoke about this, that pretty much every game, the goaltending is allowing them to settle in and play even when they get right. off the slow starts. So, I mean, complete games, you know, you want to go off, you want to score early and also defend early. And so far, we haven't really seen them defend early. I feel like most games, they start the period off being in their own zone, hemmed in their own zone. Yeah. Or I'm over, Sorokin has to make four or five big and, saves in the first. They right. either leave the first period tied or maybe up by one, and then right. they allows the team to find their game and play. But if, if you take away, you put a mediocre goalie in net, the Islanders probably aren't, you could say, they're not in a playoff spot. Yeah, I think that's that's probably safe and scary to say. Yeah. And it is just very odd how, for whatever reason, I mean, this deep into it, like, it's not early anymore. Yeah. You know, it's not. Like, we're not halfway yet, but, I mean, we're really starting to see what these these teams are, are starting to shape and up they as, were, right? they were pretty healthy for majority of this first portion. Now right. the injuries are happening, and now, you know, the wins that they didn't have, the wins that they were getting at the beginning of the year, like the comeback wins, you're not getting those. Right. So it's just more emphasis on, we. they need to find a way to get out strong early especially when they're missing key guys yeah yeah it's it's very strange but let's pivot a little bit here I know that you recently put a piece out on NYI Hockey Now talking about Oliver Wallstrom and his two-way game so why don't you pick it up there yeah so the biggest struggle for Wallstrom under Trotz was that he just was not understanding what he had to do or he just wasn't doing what Trotz asked in, in all three zones you know he's a guy that's a sniper they want him to shoot they want him to score but especially when you're playing with a guy like Barzal you got to be defensive you have to be smarter because Barzal is going to turn the puck over. That's what it just, he's ha- when you have the puck on your stick for 90% of your shifts, you're going to turn the puck over. <laughs> right. And if you don't True. have a guy that's, that's able to play smart defensively or, mm-hmm. or just hold on to the puck or throw it back and, re- and restart, you're going to give up goals. And I had some stats that I wanted to share. I mean, this yeah. year, when Wallstrom and uh, Barzal have been the ice together and they started playing together October 26th, that was a 3 nothing win against the Rangers and they've okay. pretty much been a staple. Um, they've out- the Islanders have outscored their opponents 13-3. to at five okay. on five, when they're together on the ice. Um, 3.79 goals for per 60, 0.87 goals against per 60. Okay. So they're scoring goals and they're not allowing. So, Barzal without Wallstrom this year, 1.29 goals for, so that's almost more than two goals per 60. And then when Barzal's without Wallstrom, 1.29 goals against. So you're allowing more goals. So Wallstrom's mm. been key. I know advanced analytics don't tell the whole story, but you're just sure. watching Wallstrom. And I spoke to him about it. I said, you know, take me through the growth in your defensive game and, you know, how it's helped your line. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, there are times back, you know, a couple of weeks ago or even months ago where Barzal's got to get back in the defensive zone, be the first guy in to help break out, break up a play, move mm-hmm. up. Okay. Now Barzal might be hovering inside the Islanders' blue line, 
Wallstrom's the guy in winning the board battle, starting the breakout. It changes everything. Because Barzal, that's more fast breaks for Barzal, more odd man right. rushes when he doesn't sure. have to start behind his own net right, and, and break right, out. Right. And I think, you know, I don't I never asked Wallstrom about this. I should have, is that you saw Holmstrom when they first played together. You know, mm-hmm. Holmstrom made yep. his debut with mm-hmm. immediately Holmstrom played that game that we're seeing Wallstrom play. And I kind of think it's contagious. I think mm. Wallstrom might might have seen oh look Holmstrom, you know, that Holmstrom gets his first NHL assist on a Wallstrom goal because he banks the puck off the right, boards. Yep. Mm-hmm. Barzal skates up, drops the Wallstrom. Pump fakes, then scores. And I think that might have clicked with Wallstrom. Like, mm. this is what Holmstrom just did. I could do that too. And now you're solving, there's, you know, there's two issues with playing with Barzal. The guy that's going to bury, but also the guy that's going to be defensively sound. And right now, Wallstrom is solving one of those issues. He hasn't score, has scored as much, but I think you'll take, but right now, again, as much as you want him scoring, you, you want that, that line to be able to go out against top opponents. Hens defensive play has helped that line not give up goals when in the past, Barzal's line has been susceptible to allowing goals, and it's been trading chances, what Trotz said often. Hmm. So you bring up those interesting numbers, and they're very positive, obviously, when Bar- Barzal and Wallstrom are together on the ice, but on five-on-five. Five, but yeah. how, how much time are they actually getting together five-on-five? Five? It doesn't feel like a lot. Yeah, they're not, they're not the top. You know, they might be listed when we tweet out the lines as the number one line, just the mm-hmm. way the line rushes go. But they're probably the second or third. Again, the Pajot line is going against the top opponents. Then you right. again the Nelson line, and we've seen late in games too, where Lambert decides we're going to put Barzal on Nelson's wing and run Lee Nelson and Barzal. But I think they're playing enough where these numbers you could see the growth in Wallstrom. And again, forget the numbers, the eye test. You're watching Wallstrom make plays. And do you happen to know if his ice time has gone up at all since Wallstrom's? Yeah, because I know he was kind of hovering around what twelve minutes a game. I think maybe he's still. I think minutes. he's still around there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're seeing trust. Yeah. You know, you're seeing. You know, there might have been times early in the year where Wallstrom, not that he was taken out of the rotation late in games, but but now you're seeing him stay out there. Yeah, because usually top-line guys are, are getting, you know, at least when I look at the Yahoo Fantasy Hockey stats, they're yeah. getting like 18, 19 minutes a game. Yeah, you know? don't really don't really operate like that. They haven't well, really done true. that. Well, that's true. Maybe not every team rotates four lines like yeah. the Islanders do, which, is, fair, which is, a, is a fair point to make. But I would still think that Wallstrom would be getting more trust or more time if... I suppose the coaching staff was fully happy with whatever he's doing because if he's going to be on your first line, yeah. by default, you should be getting more ice time than Agreed. relatively than anybody else. Of course, special teams factor into that, of course. But it still seems to me that they're kind of like, they're kind of tugging on that leash a little bit with him. I think Lambert is giving him freedom, but making sure he knows that, hey, you're not, you're not just going to be able to mm-hmm. make, you know, the thing that I think a lot of people appreciate with Lambert is that if Wallstrom makes a mistake, we saw it against that, that Ranger game when he played with Barzal, um, is that if he does make a mistake, he's being given the chance to make up for it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that you know Trotz didn't really allow. And I think Wallstrom still knows he has to play smart. But again, you're seeing the trust with the defensively. And also what matters is who's on the other side. Mm-hmm. You know, if Bailey's having a tough game, right. you could right. take Bailey out of the rotation for, for one round, but Lambert hasn't really done that. He's he scratched Bailey, but when Bailey plays, he usually plays. Yeah. So in, in big, tight games, maybe they don't run that Barzal line out there. Maybe they'll just take Barzal and put him on the ice if they need a goal. There's been no speculation that that, that Bailey's nursing anything or anything like that. So he missed, there? he had an, uh, an upper body injury that he missed that flyer game. That's right. That's right. Um, okay. Besides that, and I know. Uh, Andrew Gross, Newsday, spoke to Bailey, and Bailey said it's something that's going to linger, but not something that, you know, it's manageable. Okay. Um, I don't think it's an excuse for his struggles. I wouldn't go that far. I think his struggles are his struggles. Yeah. But maybe he's nursing something, sure. I don't think it's affecting him. 
that much. But again, you know, with the Islanders running slim already with injuries, mm-hmm. if Billy's okay to play, he's he's going to play. As much as fans want to see him sent to the scratch house and things like that. <laughs> sent to the moon. Sent to the moon, yeah. <laughs> um, he's going to play. That's just what it, what's going right. to happen. Yeah, no, unfortunately, uh, it's he's he's definitely been slow out on this season. And, you know, it's almost like a, a repeat of what happened to a lot of players last season on this team where it took them until essentially December, most mostly January, to really get going. So hopefully he does something before then. But but you talk about how, you know, you have a couple guys out now, you have a couple guys that are struggling to score. I mean, somebody needs to, to step up and make up for this, especially with the games they have coming up. And Bailey made that nice nice pass to Parise for his goal last game. You know, that was a nice quick pass mm-hmm. to get him. And, again, that's what they need Bailey to do. They need yeah. to make the, the simple plays. And, again, what we saw last year with Bailey is that it seemed like the speed of the NHL game was getting up to him. Again, You'll talk about him being a cerebral player, a smart player. Mm-hmm. Your mind could work really fast, but if your body doesn't, is that not the same? It's not synced up with your mind. That's when we see the intercept passes or the passes thrown because he, right. he he's looking at the right play. Mm-hmm. Like he knows where he wants the puck to go and where he wants to pass it. Sure. But in the NHL, it's such a fast game that you wait a second too long and you make that play, it's gone. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest issue. But you know, again, Lamarillo has to go out and get a winger if this team's going to be a legitimate contender. And then you you know you make line decisions accordingly after that. But yeah. he has to. And I mean, He's got it. I think we're going to have some questions regarding that later, so we'll save yeah, that for yeah. the uh, questions brewing portion of the show. But speaking of segments, why don't we move on to what's on tap? So because we're we're doing the show in the middle of the week, we only got two games on tap. Obviously, St. Louis would have been part of this, but uh, you only got Friday. They go into the Rock. They play the Red Hot New Jersey Devils. I cannot. I still can't believe what's going on over there. So they go into the Rock on Friday, which now is suddenly going to be a tough game going into the season. Oh, that that might be a gimme game playing against the New Jersey Devils. No longer the case. And then Saturday they're back home to play the Carolina Hurricanes division division foe here. They've been bouncing kind of back and forth between the two and three spot. Now Carolina obviously has the two spot with with uh, the Islanders kind of slowing down a little bit. But uh, why don't you talk about these teams a little bit? I mean, the Devils. <laughs> I, I think everyone's the still, yeah. It's the Devils. Like no one, you know the the, the fire Lindy Ruff chance to start the year, and then they're they're sorry Lindy chance. Maybe that's I mean, what to, uh, to turn the season around. <laughs> it must be. I mean, their goaltending been great. Uh, Vitek Vanacek's yeah. been, been stellar. They've gotten you know John Marino's been Norse like defenseman right now with what he's Who? doing. <laughs> exactly. That's an off season acquisition from the Penguins. I mean right. Jack Hughes, thirty one points in twenty six games. I think we could all say he's legit now. Right. I mean Jesper Bratz, Jesper Bratz. They have guys that are just they're playing as a team. Yeah. And I think for the Devils they're playing they're, fast. They're fast. And we saw that yeah. in, in game four of the NHL oh, yeah. season. They did not let the Islanders take a breath. Right. Puck dropped and that game was over. Right. Over. And I think for the Islanders, you look at this and this is a revenge game. I don't sure. know if they're going to win it, but they're right. going into their home now. You got to make a statement like, "Hey, what you did against us in Game Four of the season, you're, it's not. It was very easy for the Devils to take control of that game. Right. I think I mean, the Devils they just twenty-one four and one, I mean, 10, three and one in their last home games, eight one and one in their last ten. When they do lose, that's the biggest thing. Where a young team, you want to see, okay, they've stacked up all these points. Now, eventually, they'll go on a losing streak. Every they will. team does. They will. How can they bounce back? Now, right. I, I still think, like, let's say they keep doing what they're doing. And they, they make the playoffs as a top seed. This is not one of those teams where I think they're going to light it up in the playoffs. We see every year young teams go into the playoffs, yep. get bullied a little bit, and it's a lesson. You know, they it have will to be learn a stepping stone season for them. But the fact that they are where they are now and they mm-hmm. have not shown any signs of not being like this, it's because, again, like you said, we're, it's not the beginning of the season anymore. This is right. The teams that are legit are legit, and the Devils are definitely one of the most surprising teams. 
And they're going to, I mean, unless people shut them down and shut, they have too many weapons right now that are on fire. Yeah, I mean, like you said, they're going to eventually go on some losing streaks here and there. They, they will hit some adversity, and, and I guess a big question will be how they handle that and bounce back from it. But yeah. this isn't a team like the Buffalo Sabres, who it seems like almost every year they go on some like 10, 12, either winning streak or point point streak in the beginning of the season. All right, Sabres are finally back, you know, and then they just plummet. Psych. Plummet to the bottom of the standings. They did it again this season. Poor yep. Buffalo Sabres no, but fans. Tate Thompson had five goals tonight. Five? five. I saw four and his, his Jesus. fourth or fifth goal was the second hardest shot ever. Is that right? In a game, 100.5 miles an hour. In a Jesus. game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Tage Thompson, they gave him a ridiculous contract. Everyone's like, what are you doing? And, you and got, he's lighting it up. And you got uh, Islander fans saying Brent Thompson doesn't know how to raise any youth, but here, here's Race his own his son. Kid, right? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Holy cow. You didn't mess up with that one. Five goals, my oh, goodness. Oh, yeah, just got the alert. Five-goal game. That's unbelievable. Who'd they play? Ah, it's a very good question. Yeah. I will. It's not a big deal. I thought you might have known. I thought you might have been on top uh, of that. You Blue know? Jackets. Oh, there you go. Oh, Columbus. Okay, fair enough. Columbus. Talk about a disaster. Talk about them. Last time I was on, and they were a dumpster fire. Uh-huh. They're still a dumpster fire. They still fire, are. So. They still are. So unless you have anything else to talk about on Jersey, let's move on to the Canes. Yeah, this is a team that they're dealing with goaltending injury. Anderson's out again. I think this has been a common theme for him throughout his whole NHL career. But right. Peter Kachikov has been sensational. 9-14 saved 2.44 goals against. His second career NHL game actually came against the Islanders last year in relief of Anderson or Ranta. I think it was of Ranta. Mm-hmm. And he shut the door and was great and they got a win. The Islanders don't fare well against backup goalies. Which is, oh, so speaking of backup goalies. Hap- the, Islanders, the Predators, Arizona. Well, the last three games the Islanders have played, they've gotten teams on the second of back-to-backs. Mm. And they face the backups in every game. It's, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's, a problem. But, but <laughs> it's like been a problem. But I feel like 10 years, 12 years, the other team never you never gave them the starter. And to my eyes, I was like, okay, was it they didn't want to get embarrassed? They didn't want their starter to get embarrassed that they beat mm. the Islanders because the Islanders were, were bad for a long time. You don't want to see mm. your top goalie get embarrassed. Or two, we're going to give our top goalie rest to the Islanders. I don't think they've given, gotten the respect, but I mean, the Islanders lit up Bennington when they were in St. Louis. They faced right. Bryce for the first time since he's been on St. Louis. They faced him last year when he was with Detroit. Right. He got pulled in a game at UBS. Yes, he did. Um, So it's interesting, but at the same time, those backups have played well against them so I don't get it I mean they got shut out by the Coyotes I mean yeah it's just I mean look there's no rhyme or reason to this no. it's just and the whole thing the with Nashville the draw, how they just can't beat Nashville and Lane was asked about it uh after the game like mm-hmm. why and I mean Lane coached Nashville when they were beating the Islanders right and he said you know he goes I thought back to when we he goes I have no idea it's just one of those teams that has the number it no and that's it's so true like there's just some teams that don't match up well against other teams I'm pretty sure Toronto cannot beat Arizona I think that's that's been yeah. A I think there was some years. crazy stat which is crazy. They hadn't beaten them at home since like and don't quote me on this, but like two thousand four or something like insane like that. What's more insane is that Austin Matthews is from Arizona. Right. So like it's it's right. just, it's just weird that those teams have yeah. same numbers, but we see that around the NHL. No, it happens years. all the time. Like the Canes had the Isles number for the longest time. The yeah. Islanders only kind of started beating them a little more recently. Obviously, they beat them earlier in the season, but it's it is just strange how certain teams match up. And, and I'll be honest with you. You know, I guess that that win earlier in the season is promising, but like you look at the playoff standings now, and granted, at least with regards to that, it's still early. Yeah. But like seeing them matching up against Carolina kind of scares me a little bit because of just how poorly they fared against them over the years. And then the playoffs, that was the year that uh, you know, Leonard allows a weak goal, they get swept. They got swept. Sp- um. So I was in, I was in college. Remember that? I remember we were all watching that. <laughs> it was a, it was a big game. But no, yeah, I mean the the Hurricanes are great. Like they're they're a top team. They're gonna be fighting. Mm. For, I mean, if the Devils cool off, 
I could see Carolina taking that with ease. A yeah, little bit. that so, could happen towards the latter. And they part have so the many season. guys, the Hurricanes, that you know, Svechnikov's gonna have a career year right now. He's leading them in goals. I think his career high is thirty, but he's he's already at fifteen. And we're what 26, 27 yeah, that's, games. That's in, not so. bad. That's pretty good. And they have they have Sebastian Aho. So yes, the uh, sorry, sorry, Islander fans, the better Sebastian Aho. But hey. Credit to Islander yeah. Sebastian Ajo for earning this, finally earning the spot and actually looking like he he, he deserves Belongs. it. And it's yeah. con- it's just confidence with him. I, I mean, you, you see he's making smarter decisions. And Lambert kept saying, you know, when he was in the lineup last year or a couple years ago, he was trying to do too much. He was trying to make that mm-hmm. big play. And Lambert s- kept saying to him, don't look to make the big play. Mm-hmm. Make make the smaller plays. And you're seeing now, it's all confident. Yes, he makes mistakes. Him and Dobson haven't been the smoothest deep pairing. Well, I was just going to say, what a vote of confidence that is from the coaching staff for them to pair Aho with Dobson. Yeah, and that's just, again, trust. Now, they, they liked Romanov with Mayfield, which was a pair that had a nightmarish game. Um, last night, uh, they were on for three of, of the set. I mean, the five goals, not the empty netters, and Mayfield was on for four of them. It was a tough night for them. We'll see what Lambert does decide to do again, especially if Pellick's out. Right. I think... Salah will play with Pulak. I think they're going to let Mayfield and Romanov bounce back. I don't think they want to separate it too much. Okay. And you trust you trust Pulak defensively with a guy like Salah. Yeah. So it makes yeah. sense. But yeah, I mean, vote of confidence for Ajo. He's earned it. He's really earned it. And right now, the Islanders don't really have other options. No. So he has to play well. No, they do not. But they do have additional options in the uniform game Saturday the reverse retro dirt jersey will be debuting against the Carolina Hurricanes so I think you I want to know your take on it because it's interesting I was kind of talking to uh, Chris Bott about this behind the scenes he was initially supposed to be here with us but um, you know talking about how we kind of represent three different generations of Long Island hockey fans right where he's been there since the beginning I kind of caught it what we'll call the middle for for lack of better terms to or whatever, but and yourself being on the younger side of things here. So I guess first and foremost, just what what's your take on the fisherman jersey and that whole thing? I don't like I don't like teal. You know, it's not my. Okay. That's not my, <laughs> All right. That's not my not go-to color. I un- so again, I'm in a unique spot where I could hear from. I understand again. I wasn't around. I was born in right. NBA, like you don't so. have you don't have the ties. Yeah. To to how awful those teams were when they wore yeah. that uniform. I mean, you look at the standings. I look back. I did a couple articles on it. I mean, they were the worst team in hockey. But it didn't matter what jersey they Bad. were wearing, and that's that's the thing people don't understand. They're like, oh, they were they played bad in those well, jerseys. It was guilt by association, you know. It was. They would have been bad in any jersey. That is 100% So right. that's how I look at it as. This that's is a, a fair you know, point. This is right now for this new Islander team. They're all, you know, I talked to Ville Martin about it. They're excited. Nelson didn't know how the sales were doing. But he goes. <laughs> I don't think anybody expects him to know that. I mean, the, I mean, the sales, my age group, my demographic, they can't get enough of these jerseys. Exactly. And because it's exactly. different, all they've known, money, but all they've known is the standard jersey. And they were around for the heartache that many fans, and I get Right. So I think for the Islanders right now, for the, I don't know if it's in their minds, you know, how bad they were, but this is a chance to make a statement that, hey, let's turn the narrative we around. We can win in the, this jersey. <laughs> let's turn the narrative around and make, make fans like us when we wear these. Obviously, if they come out of the gate and they play really bad in these jerseys. They're going to get bombed 11 nothing by the Canes on the side. <laughs> you know <yeah>. it's coming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, it, I mean, I don't, again, I don't think it weighs on them at all. I think of course a lot of these players, it's a flashy jersey. It's yeah. different. Again, under Lou, they don't really have much freedom with these jerseys. You haven't seen really cool Stuff and I think it pays tribute to a jersey that a lot of fans still really like. And again, the, the older fan base, mm-hmm. they're not going to change their ways with with how they view it. Yes, they are. But they are locked into that opinion. I believe, and again, marketing. Mm-hmm. The Islanders don't care. They care about the the younger fans that are going to be around 
and be supporting this team for and for spending years. dollars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If those older guys, and I'm not calling them all, but the older generation, <laughs> the older generation, if right. they, right. we're not going to go to games then. The young guys are good. They'll I sell mean, out those games in a heartbeat because the young kids want them. That is a ridiculous reason to not go to a hockey game. No, I hate. We. I mean, <laughs> it's so funny when you look at the comments. Never going to a game again. You know, and it's like, dude. First off, you already bought some tickets, so unless you're gonna <laughs> right. you're gonna sell your house, I mean, you, you kind of have to go. And two, if you're yeah. a fan of the team, you're gonna go and support them. So yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot of strong opinions on it, but it's funny. Like it seems like Chris's generation. I mean, look, for the most part, not everything is 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 100. But most of his generation seems to just loathe the jersey, hate the jersey. And again, I get he it himself is, seems to be impartial. We had a long discussion about it here on the show. And then my generation, it's like it could go either way. It's like the 50 50 because we were old enough to be watching the team during those times, and some of some of us did associate it with the losing and said, F that jersey, you know, yeah. and that whole thing, you know. And I might have even, you know, been guilty of that initially back back during that time, but it, it didn't take long for me to just be like, who the hell gives a shit? You know, I yeah. warmed up to and it. Again, and like, I, I'm thrilled that it's back. I think it's fun. It's uh, fun. There's a couple of things I might have done differently with this new redesign. Like, I still, for the life of me, don't understand why the stripe going around the waist yeah. doesn't connect on the side. I don't. Like, I don't know why they can have a wave. It's, it's very strange. I don't get it. But I think it's cool that they're bringing it back. It's only a couple of games. We're going to see it in action. I'm really curious to see the full uniform on Saturday. Yes. I know, I think, what, 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 it was a leak or something like that on Twitter from NHL 23 where yeah. they showed, like, all the, the players lined up with in the full uniform. And, and look, on that screenshot, I actually look pretty damn cool. So I'm looking forward to seeing how, how it looks on Saturday. But at the end of the day, it's just, it's just a damn... It's just money a damn uniform. Yeah, well, it's a money maker, money. but it's just it's just a uniform they're going to wear a couple of times. It has no bearing on how good or poorly they're going to play on the ice. And you know, if, and and look, if you are one of those guys in the older generation and your kid kids love it, then let your kid love it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like whatever. There you go. It's a jersey, it's just there, so you spend more money. <laughs> That's about it. So yeah, I'm I'm curious to see uh, how that how that goes on Saturday. I'll be there. So uh, and and I was there last night. And there's already a ton of those jerseys in the concourse. I have a friend who works in the Isles Lab, and he mm. said the back order is ridiculous. Like, really? I mean, they are selling out of all these things. So they would be foolish not to bring this thing Which back. is why I think they've been pushing. I mean, Lou, when he first came over, is like, I'm never going to allow that. But I think you're looking at it as like, first off, you're coming off the pandemic. A lot of teams lost a lot of money. Sure, yeah. With, right. Like, this is this is free. Like, this is all you got to do is put a little little yeah. fisherman logo on a hat. Yeah. And they fly off. I mean, you walk around the arena, everyone's covered in fisherman gear. It's true. It's true. For better or worse, whether you <laughs> love it or hate it, it's the case. So, with that out of the way, why don't we move on to the hero of the week? Yeah. So, for, for me, I'll, I'll get it. It's Simon Holmstrom. I mean, you look at this kid, 21-year-old. He comes up. And no NHL experience at all. And he gets thrown into a lineup on the top line. And he looks... And again, he's not playing on the top line now. He's playing with Peugeot and Parise. And he just fits. He fits. He plays... it. I mean, Trotz would have loved him. Just the way he plays. Defensive-minded guy. Protects the puck well. Again, like Fashing. He wins those board battles. He gets the puck up. But he's also not hesitating. He knows what he wants to do at the exact moment he gets the puck. And we've seen a couple of times where he gets the puck in the neutral zone, and rather than try to go up the ice and make it through two or three guys, back to the defenseman, gets off the ice. Simple, keeping it simple. The shots, you know, the offense isn't there, and I talked to him about that because we know we could score. He has a long reach, and we've seen him go to the outside in preseason where he just cuts the outside, loses the reach, gets a shot off. And I said to him, I said, you know, you need to do that more. Is that something you're trying to bring to your game? And he goes, I believe that I could be an offensive player in this league. And we saw he had a couple of shots 
a couple of games ago. Um, he's getting to the front, and then he's two great saves by Lankin, and I'm pretty sure on him, just robbed him point blank. But he's doing those things, and defensively, I wanted to bring up some numbers. First of all, he has, I think, one giveaway in all these games. He's a takeaway machine. I think he has four or five takeaways already. Okay, okay. He's very smart with the puck, and so when he's on the ice, the Islanders have 2.33 expected goals against per 60. Um, 1.33, a similar number there, with players that played 50-plus minutes so far this season, mm-hmm. forwards. Mm-hmm. When he's on the ice... The Islanders, the Islanders are at a huge mark in terms of goals for and goals against. They don't allow anything. Hmm. Second best scoring chances per 60 when he's on the ice. And it's just, again, it comes down to him keeping it simple, doing what he has to do with the puck and a stick, and again, playing defense. Board battles, getting pucks back positionally, very responsible. And we've already seen that Lambert trusts him. Lambert trusts him mm-hmm. in every situation. You're not seeing him get taken out of the rotation. So you're seeing him go on the ice, get the job done, and yeah, his minutes haven't been up there ridiculously. He might have Mm -hmm. the lowest minutes on the ice per game, but he's a young guy. He's doing all the right things. He's not standing out for the wrong reasons. You see guys coming in. And again, he's coming into the game, never had any NHL experience. And I think it's a real bright spot. Again, you want him to score goals. Lambert said we want him to bring more offense. When the offense isn't coming... He's not getting frustrated. He's not trying to push too hard and sacrificing his defensive play. Yeah, it seems like he has the right attitude where he's happy to be here. Yeah. And he's making the most of it and he's not putting enough, uh, sorry, too much pressure on himself to produce or to put points up. And, and who knows? I mean, I don't know if I expected to see him up with the team this early, to be honest with you. So he must have been doing things well down at Bridgeport. I don't even think he was among the point leaders. He down wasn't. There. Right. So there must be something about his game, exactly what you've been talking about, where even if the points weren't coming, he probably just plays a smart, heady, responsible game. We're seeing it now in the NHLS. You look at all the prospects and who was the most ready. I mean, again, like they're not going to push Ratu yet. Mm. First year in the NHL, first full year. Right. Dufour is nowhere close to re- uh, ready. Ishikov, mm. again, only his first year in the AHL. So Holmstrom was the most ready guy. I mean, he's been around since 2019. He's been there for three or four years in Bridgeport, learning the game, understanding the game. And I think this was a... Hey, you're either gonna fly or you're gonna or you're gonna fail. And right now he's he's flying. And I, Parise's spoken so highly about his game mm. to the point where he keeps saying how good he's gonna be for this Islander team. Mm. And how a couple years ago him and Pajot were joking around, like this kid's gonna be real good when they were playing in preseason with him last year. Mm. And now they're playing with him in games, and they're like, "Yep, he's yeah." This and they gave him some spins with Barzell during training camp too. So yeah, obviously he, they saw something there. And I think again. Trust putting him on a line with Barzal and Wallstrom again. Wallstrom been better defensively. Mm-hmm. Get a lot of trust to play him with a guy like Barzal. And and one Holmstrom's not a speedster, but he could he could keep up with Barzal as much as mm-hmm. players can keep up with Barzal. Right. He's not looking too slow. Last game he broke through the neutral zone and made a couple of moves, got inside the the blue line and created a chance. Pajot passed to the slot. Pajot can't get it, but I mean he could he has a burst in his sure. game, and I think right now. He's gonna. He's he, the points are gonna come. But again, you're seeing strong defensive play, which is so key for young players. Because a lot of young guys come in like a bellows, just offense. I'm known right. for offense. I'm just gonna right. play offense, and they don't survive. Right. So, yeah. No, I like what I see out of him so far. It's it's nice to to think that maybe the Islanders do have another forward in there. What you would probably call depleted stable down there of of young players that are especially after Bellows not working out, they didn't even want to claim him back after the after the that Flyers con- put him back. Something on must Rose. have been going wrong internally with that because you give him a contract, uh, a pay right. raise, right? I think it was what one point two, mm-hmm. and then you give him one game, two periods because he didn't play in the third or even play half right, of the second, yeah. and that's it. He never got a chance again. 
So something happened. We'll find out in like 30 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The book will come out and we'll find yeah. out. But before I reveal my hero, I do want to remind everybody that the Hero of the Week is brought to you by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, half price hero, which this week is the Hockey Night in New York featuring grilled chicken, mozzarella cheese, avocado on a delicious wrap. Stop into the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Huntington location and get half off the Hockey Night in New York. So with that out of the way, my Hero of the Week was uh, was the big hero in the one when they had this past week, yeah. we'll call it. And that was Semyon Varlamov with the 21 save shutout versus the Hawks. You alluded to it earlier. Maybe only 21 shots against, but there was a lot of high danger in there. He made some huge, huge saves, and he helped the eye on the team get that 3 nothing win. Starts with his first save of the game. His first save of the game was a turnover right behind his net to the front. Kershev, wide open chance in front. Varlamov makes that save. He spoke about that save after saying, like, how much momentum boost that is for him. When, again, I, you know, there's been times when I was younger, I used to allow the first goal of the game like every game. I don't know why. <laughs> it just would happen. It was just, you know, I like to face a lot of shots early, get into rhythm, and when you don't face shots for like five, ten minutes, that first shot, you're not feeling the puck. So I think sure. when you make a couple of saves early, it's just mm. a major boat of confidence. And, and Varlamov's been very good this year. You look at what he went through last year. was a nightmare season, but he's playing like the guy that was a Vesner caliber netminder during that shortened season and the Islanders have all the confidence in the world in him and he's as much as Sorokin's come up big in first periods early in games maybe Varlamov hasn't been making the acrobatic saves but against um the Blackhawks Varlamov put on his best Sorokin impression early yeah he did and the difference I think so far this season for Varlamov has been he's getting the goal support he wasn't getting that last year so you saw a lot of a lot of L's a lot of numbers in the loss column last season not even so much for the way he was playing because his his goals against and his save percentage were respectable I think he was somewhere floating around like 914 or something like that last year um but it but he he was you know you look at a lot of those losses he had and they might have had a goal maybe two goals in each of those games Training camp. He missed the whole yeah, offseason. He missed training course. camp. He missed preseason. And you throw him in. Right. You know, the road trip, the COVID. I mean, it, a nightmare season for everyone. We can beat that till, till it, it dies. But right. this is the Varlamov that we saw a couple years ago. And this is why he's still on this team. And this is why this is pro. Look, I'm not watching every all 32 teams. But this is probably the reason why it's it's arguably the best goaltending tandem in the league. Because you, you have a guy that can start if, God forbid, Sorokin needed to, you know... If he went out for a couple of games or whatever. I reason. mean, if Sorokin makes 55 starts, mm-hmm. you need a backup. Right. Those are key points that 100%. you need to get. And for teams that don't have backups, they ride their hot hand. Like, again, I don't want to keep going back to the Rangers, but last year, Sorokin pretty much was the guy. Right. And he got, you know, he got tired in the first round of the playoffs. He struggled. They they won. But now you look in this year, and it's he hasn't been at his best. Halak comes in. Halak has, hasn't been given, like, you know, the most support, but Halak hasn't been good, and those are points that you're not getting. Right. When if you had a guy like Varlamov, when Shosturkin's struggling, you have a guy like Varlamov to come in, and he gets points, and he's getting... Varlamov is not a backup goalie. He is a starter on every team that would need a starting goalie. The Islanders just so happen to have him as the 1B, and it's paid off, you know, mightily here. Absolutely. So that will do it for Hero of the Week. Remember, stop on in to the Huntington Blue Line Deli and Bagels location. Get half off the Hockey Night in New York by mentioning the Hockey Night in New York podcast. So with that out of the way, we're going to take one more break. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you once again for tuning in to twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY and your favorite podcast providers. We're going to take that break. When we come back, questions brewing. Miss the days of mixtapes and arcades? Love the taste of a bold IPA or maybe an ice cold lager? There's a place where all of those magical things come together. Lost Farmer Brewing Company. At 63A East 2nd Street in the heart of Mineola, Lost Farmer combines a love of the 80s and a passion for quality beer to create brews that can only be described as gnarly, radical, 
and totally tubular. The retro vibe of the tasting bar will amp up your nostalgia while the blend of both local and exotic ingredients amp up your taste buds. Fear not your thing? Crack open a can of cider or sip a Chardonnay on the extended patio. Order up from the snack menu? You can even bring your own. If you're more of a homebody, pick up a growler to go or order online at lostfarmerbrewing.com. And for all of Long Island's hockey fans, Lost Farmer created the delicious Stable Shaker American Lager to celebrate the newly built UBS Arena at Belmont Park. Whether you're at the stable for a hockey game, concert, or a comedy show, you can find Stable Shaker by can and draft around the arena. So raise a cup to the next cup with Lost Farmer Brewery, the future of Long Island craft beer. It's time for Questions Brewing, brought to you by Lost Farmer Brewing Company. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for Questions Brewing, brought to you by Lost Farmer Brewing Company. Jay, how are we doing over there, bud? <laughs> you, Wait, keep, you know, you keeping we, it together? You know, we started talking. Yeah. And it probably wasn't the right time to start talking. Uh, conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, uh, what well, well, we got? We're back. We're back. We're back. We got through it. All right. That's all right. What matters. Hey, hey, Jay. You know what? You're doing. You're doing multiple jobs by yourself. Ed again, taking the night off, going to see Taken Back Sunday at Mulcahy. He's probably a terrible show. <laughs> I, I agree. They're still guys. Those guys are still around. <laughs> they they came back. Yeah, yeah, they came back. But, right, uh, well. I don't really follow them. I don't really I follow them. I, I mean, oh, they're they're from Long Island. They're oh, really? a huge band. Yeah, yeah. Like they they are loved here on the island. I never really got into them. Sorry. What kind guys. of music. Oh, um, I, I, I mean, like emo ish. I think emo would be the proper. Maybe screamo. That that that. Christian's general. kind of music, right? Maybe I don't know. I mean, I'm into some of that music? stuff. Does Christian listen to music? He he does. He's I think he he's like a, he's into hip hop and stuff like okay. that. Okay, I can see it. Yeah, yeah. Not really, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know because I don't see him anymore. So yeah, I, don't I don't know what that guy does anymore. He's a he, he just covers. <laughs> he just yeah. covers all the other sports now. All right, so Jay, it's time for you to get in the mix here. Right. Let's hear some questions. Yeah, you know, the chat is active, but I only have uh, two questions. That's okay. We got some Twitter questions, too. All right, let's go. I got T-Boyle13. Hey, Tom. He wants to know, do you think that Sorokin is playing injured? Mm, I personally do not. Stefan, do you think so? If he's playing injured, then I can't imagine what he's going to play like when he's not hurt. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I don't think he's injured. I think the last week or game. so... He's had yeah. a couple, he hasn't looked maybe like Sorokin has, has looked, but if he was injured, they have Arlamov. There's no way they would ever push him. Yeah, like right, exactly. It's not like oh oh crap. Like especially after the conversation we just had, we're gonna have to put Semyon in again. Like yeah. uh, that wouldn't be a problem. No, so yeah. I would say no. To that. Yeah, I don't think they would they would risk their uh, their their star goalie and, and essentially the MVP of their season if if he was hurt. Oh yeah, play he, him, so. he should be. I mean, he might be a hard candidate at the end of this year if the Islanders make it and. Get in. You never know. Chris yeah. Bonham mentioned that here a week or so ago. So I mean, yeah, they're not going to take that risk. So I'm, I'm sh look every every goalie, no matter how good they are, they're entitled to their to their off games here and there. And, and, and the also goal, the odd soft goal. Everyone's come 82 game season. Everybody's hurt. No one's 100. percent So yeah. again, I think Sorokin is is fine. Just so, you know, a couple of games where he hasn't looked amazing, but every goalie, every player goes through you know the lows and the highs, and he'll bounce back. He's not hurt. All right, so once again, I want to thank everybody for tuning in here at the Late Hour on Hockey Night in New York and, and chiming in the chat and getting the questions. So, Jay, what do you got? Let's see. We got uh, from Mike4652. If I don't pronounce these names correctly, you know. It's, it's okay. This, you're there's, new to hockey. It's there's fine. A ba there's a barrier here. <laughs> this was like another sport. This It'll make it fun. This right, right. Yeah. Well, uh, what is wrong with, uh, is it Pollock? Yeah, yeah. 
Great job. All right, well, yeah. English is my first language. <laughs> um, he hasn't been noticeable at all and has been making some soft and or bad plays. Comments? I'm going to let you go first on that one, Stefan. <laughs> well, he hasn't looked amazing. I think the Pelic Pulak pairing quiet. hasn't He's looked... He's been quiet. The Pelic Pulak pairing hasn't looked like their shutdown from a couple years ago. Pelic has looked a little more exciting on the offensive side of things compared to Pulak so far. Yeah, I think... Uh, it's weird. Pulak's also coming off a major injury. Fair, he missed yeah. significant time. We have no idea how that's still affecting him. Um, I've seen a lot more this year when instead of shooting it, which he's been known to shoot it right into the defenseman's skates, he's pump faking it, cutting to the outside. But yeah, the Islanders, I don't know if they need to rely on him for offense, but he hasn't been bringing it as much. I mean, he's known for his slap shot. We very rarely have seen that. And when he does bring it out, it's it's not hitting the net. No, and, and that was it's why not. he got taken off the power play mm. uh, last year before his injury, and Dobson took over, and mm. Sal even got power play time this year, and he's earned right. it back. You know, I said early, I think, in training camp or at the beginning of the season, I asked Lambert, you know, what does Pulak have to do? Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, he's got to focus on his defense right now. We have guys that could fit that role. But, I mean, if Pulak could hit the net, his shot is so hard that it doesn't matter if the goalie's there, a rebound is likely coming. Sure. And again, that's the biggest thing. And you get traffic, hard shots. The goalie might make the save, but it might bounce right out and you have bodies in front. But I think, again, I don't think the pairing's been as shut down. I personally don't think Pellick's been as shut down as he as he once was. I know that that's up for debate and people came at me for that take. Again, <laughs> saying Pellick isn't playing to the level Pellick's been is not saying Pellick's bad because Pellick on a bad day is a still an elite defenseman. Right. But I don't think we've seen the elite play. In, I think... Again, this is just, I think Pelic is playing hurt. Now he's definitely hurt. Well, right. But, but I do think that. there might be something, because again, you're not seeing him go into the corners mm. as much. Mm. No, again, just, just my take, I think he's playing with something. Um, he doesn't really speak to the media that much. He's really not available. And I'm not going to ask him about an injury that's not been announced by the sure, team. Sure, of course, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if he is, but mm. again, I think it's just Pulak's working his way back. I think he's maybe a little gingerly going into the corners again. He was out for much longer than he should have been with that lower body leg injury after blocking a shot on the power play, which right. that goes down to a shorthanded chance against Tampa, which, again, you don't want happening. Right. But I, I think they'll be fine. I think Pulak will be fine. And again, especially now if Pelic's out, you want, Salo is an offensive guy. You just need Pulak playing strong defensively. And I think he, he's been fine defensively, just maybe quicker decision-making. But, you know, we'll see how he fares. I think he's okay. Okay. All right. Fair enough. And yeah, it's it's an interesting uh, question to raise because I do feel like Pulak's been a little quieter yeah. than maybe he has in years past. And and I don't know if he ever really developed into that full-fledged offensive defenseman that we kind of expected. That's kind of how he was sold, you know, as he was coming up through the system and whatnot. And granted, he's put up his points, no question about it. And, and again, when he hits the net, it's usually whizzing past the goalie's ear and into the net. But he, he, he does have trouble with accuracy. It does seem like there's a little less faith with, uh, in him on the power play on the offensive side of things. But I think playing with Pelic, he's developed a very well-rounded defensive game. And I do also wonder if this new philosophy on the activation from the defense, offense from the defense, is maybe you know, taking a little bit of a toll on the defensive side of things for those guys. And you also have to remember, they're playing against the best def- forward group every game. That wears True. you down. And again, with how True. the Islanders have played 5-on-5, five I mean, you look at the analytics. The Islanders are probably one of the worst five-on-five five teams in hockey, which means that you know the Pelic-Pulak pair might be hemmed in their own zone for a lot. They get mm. up the rink. They're exhausted. I mean, sure, they're, they're going for a lot. So I think you got to take with how they play with a grain of salt because they are going against the best guys on a nightly basis. Mm. But I think, too, as you look at you know Pulak, maybe he's having a quiet year. 
I think it has something to do, though, with you know how loud Dobson is offensively now. How mm. other guys, Mayfield's taken a step offensively where yeah. Pulak might not be playing. It might be, you're playing a trick in your mind. Like, these guys are playing great. Why is Pulak not doing this when, mm. you know, you take away those guys, Pulak might be the guy getting the chances and stuff. He doesn't have to be. He knows there's other defensemen who are stepping up where maybe he's not Fair. risking a play where instead he's, you know, back in the day, he mm. might have to take the puck up the ice and rip a shot because no one else is mm. providing offense. Okay. And like I said, I think, I think what, Dobson has eight goals now? He's up on there. the year. So, I mean, he doesn't have to be a guy that scores 15 goals. Dobson's going to do that. Okay. I suppose that's a fair point to make. Jay, is that all you got up there? Uh, we had one more sneak in. Let's go. From, uh, Mailar Mana 22. Email. Questions brewing. Let's <laughs> see. With uh, Pelek's possible injury, do you see the Islanders trading for Chitrin? Ah, uh, Chitrin. And I like Chitrin. a Pelek. <laughs> <laughs> I love that pronunciation. French, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm You're doing your best, buddy. You're doing your best. Pelec. You're not <laughs> Adam Pelek. Yeah. It uh <laughs> it truly depends how long Pelek's going to be out. If Pelek again and concussions, yeah. they might not know. And and if they were to trade for somebody to kind of fill that gap, I don't know if they're going to go swing as, as big as Chikrin. I would honestly. go for reliable defensive defensemen. Mm-hmm. And again, mm-hmm. it also depends how Salah plays. They're not going to make a move tomorrow. They say Pellick's out for a couple weeks. They're not making a move tomorrow. They're going to let Salah... I mean, like I said earlier, this is a huge opportunity for Salah mm-hmm. to say, all right, I'm getting another chance. I played four games and then I never got to play again. Let me prove that I could do this. Because he really hasn't proven himself yet to... Can he be a reliable NHL, everyday NHL defenseman for this team? And... He's, I think, 23 now, 24. Mm. So, not that he's running out of time, but you're getting to the point where you keep getting chances and you're not taking advantage of that. Mm. Are you good enough? So, I think it's right. a huge opportunity for him, but, again, it all depends on how long Pelic's out, and, and your priority has to be a scorer. Even if, and if you lose Pelic, I mean, again, you have to weather that storm. You probably got to get a veteran defenseman at the deadline anyway, but with the cap space they do have, I think they have $10.5 million mm-hmm. in um, accrued space for the deadline. You could get a legitimate goal scorer like a king. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, playmaker, top-end player, and a defenseman. Yeah. So I think that... <laughs> I don't know what assets they're going to use to get those. Well, that's the thing. And that's why that I say Chikrin, I mean, the, the, what you need to give up for Chikrin, every team is going to overpay at the deadline. Mm-hmm. The honors do right. not have the prospect pool to outbeat the teams that are willing to give everything. And also, I don't think Lou's going to do that. Right. So, right. Uh, yeah, I think right now... You just got to see how long Pelic's going to be out and how Salo plays in that role. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So now I believe you have a couple questions from Twitter yes. before we wrap so it up here. let's look here. So we could talk about Patrick Kane. Eddie Pullman asked about if there was any credibility to Patrick Kane coming to the Islanders. Saw a few articles uh, this morning. So I wrote an article just looking around. Again, the Islanders need a forward. I mean, it's clear as day. And Patrick Kane's 34 years old. He's on an expiring deal. Does he want to leave Chicago? We don't really know that yet. He wants to go to a competitor. Everybody's been saying Rangers, 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 Rangers. He wants to play with Panarin again. Makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. The Rangers, the Rangers are playing. They might not even be in a playoff spot come the deadline, which doesn't mean that they won't go and get a guy like Kane because that could really right. change their season. Sure. But he wants to join a, a team in the playoff race. And if the Islanders are in there, we spoke to um, Ethan Sears, New York Post. He spoke one-on-one with Barzal the other day. Great article. And Barzal spoke so much about how amazing it would be to play with Patrick Kane. They would be so good together. And apparently Kane's had a lot of good things to say about Matt yes, Barzell as well. So there seems to be a long-distance bromance there. <laughs> sounds like it. And, you know, you look at it as well, Kane's too much of a playmaker. Kane is a scorer. I mean, yes, he, he makes plays. He can do it all. He can do it all. If, and the other thing, too, people aren't understanding this. Well, they're just going to pass it. No one's going to shoot. If, Barzell Barz- if Barzell scored more, he would be more on the level of a Patrick Kane. But now Patrick Kane's setting up plays that Barzell could finish. 
That's sure. now Barzal might maybe Kane doesn't score as much if he comes over, mm-hmm. but now Barzal scores more. Or Wallstrom now they have three Listen, guys. Listen, I don't think guard. anybody's complaining if the New York Islanders no. get Patrick Kane for a cup run. And you look at um, you look at the best example of what they would need to give up. And I don't think it's as much as people really really think. Like Kane's mm-hmm. no longer this twenty six year old guy at the peak of his career. He's still amazing player. Jeru mm-hmm. last year, a first, a third, and top prospect mm-hmm. got Jeru. I mean, again, there's going to be every team, every playoff team, every playoff hopeful team wants Kane. It's, it's going to happen. Of course. Can the Islanders offer enough? But a first and a second rounder, if he wants... Well, well another wants, interesting yeah. thing is, too, though, is Kane gets to, d- exactly. to dictate where he goes, So if he too. wants to go to the Islanders, not saying he does, right. if he wants to, right. they'll make it work. But a first and a second, and again, I don't think Lamarillo wants to part ways with Rati yet. Again, especially for a rental or 34-year-old right. player. Right, right, But you're cutting to the point you might where... might have to. You're getting to the point where... You want to win now. You don't have to see. You don't have to win now. If you want to win with this current group, yes, now's the time. But the window is open as long as Barzal's here, in my opinion. A lot of young guys, like if they want to win with the Nelsons, the Lees, that's the a whole line, other show. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, but exactly. But I mean, I think the other options: Bo Horvat, Timo Meyer. Timo mm-hmm. Meyer also has the opportunity to pick where he wants to go. Bo, Hor- Bo Horvat. You know, these are players that the honors are going to be in on, and so is thirty-one other NHL teams. Right. And again, we talked about the prospect pool isn't as, you know, the Islanders right. don't have a lot. Right. And they'll come down to picks. And do you want them moving a pick? Again, a first round pick? To me, a, a pick's a pick. You could get an actual NHL player, you make that move every day and twice on Sundays. So I think that that's what they have to do. But right now, the, the priority is scoring. Yeah. And is it realistic that they that could get him? Sure. It's Will they? Is it completely it's other, a, other it's definitely question a lewd altogether? type of move. And if he did it, I wouldn't be shocked. Sure. But again, we've seen him not pull the trigger and you're getting to the point when you got to pull the trigger right I want to thank everybody for getting their questions in for questions for Bruin and of course hanging out with us live on the chat for a little hockey night in New York after dark a little late hour here but I think that's going to do it so Jay you can cue up that outro buddy we can get the hell out of here so folks I want to thank you all for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey.ny and of course later on on your favorite podcast providers want to send out a big thank you to our sponsors Blue Line Deli and Bagels located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington and of course Lost Farmer Brewing Company located at 63A 2nd Street in Mineola and brand new sponsor Main Street Board Game Cafe located at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village Stefan I would like to thank you for subbing in for Christian and Chris sitting here and basically being my co-host and guest tonight I'm a team player. Did you have a good time? I had a blast. Always a pleasure with you. <laughs> great to hear. Great to hear. So, folks, once again, if you dig what we're doing here on the show, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, subscribe on YouTube, follow us on Twitter, follow us all over the place. We're on TikTok now, all that, all that stuff. But, Stefan, where can we find you, your content, and on social media? Yep, so NYI, NYI, HockeyNow.com. And then on Twitter, it's at S-T-E-F-E-N underscore R-O-S-N-E-O. There you have it for Stefan Rosner. You can follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. You can follow the show at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and the TikTok. So that's going to do it. Jay, how are you doing back there, buddy? Did you have a good time? Did you have a good uh, night? Yeah. Yeah? Best day ever. I <laughs> <laughs> love that for you. Well, for Stefan Rosner, I'm Sean Cuthbert. We've been Hockey Night New York. We will see you Sunday, and Chris Botta will be back. Take it easy.